Welcome to the Flood Church Sermon Podcast, where we bring you sermons from our teaching team at Flood Church, Lilongwe, Malawi. For more information, you can go to floodchurch.com. My name is Renata Walton, and uh, I'm married to a husband who has been largely absent this season, and he is even home today looking after two sick children. Everyone say, ah. So please uh, pray for him, and um, I have no stories about him for you today, only love and respect. So I was uh, preparing for this sermon and felt largely that I needed to do something a little bit different, and so I've tried something new, and I hope you'll stay with me. I hope you're sitting in front of a strong fan. There's four seats right there that my family has just left with a fan right in front of it if you need to find somewhere that's a bit more comfortable. But let's pray and uh, look at the scripture this morning. God, thank you for, for your life that you've given us, for the way that you came down from heaven. And we are in awe of you this morning. And Lord, we want to be ever increasing in our awareness of your work and of your presence in our lives here on earth. God, for every need represented here, I pray that you would meet each person at that point. Lord, for those who aren't with us today for various reasons, I pray that you would also meet the needs they have as well. Thank you, Lord. You are amazing, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's turn in our passage today to Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And if you are able, I would like to invite you to stand as we read God's word together. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things in her heart, treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is God's word for you this morning. Please take your seats. Yes, so my name is Renata. I'm married to Jeff. We have four children, and uh, we've been living in Malawi since 2014. And we work with an orphan care ministry in Kauma. And as I was preparing the word this morning, I just thought... um, I wanted to tell it to you as a story. I wanted to read it to you a bit differently. I didn't really want to 
preach it at you because I know you're familiar with this story, but I actually wanted to bring you inside the experience and to hear from God that way. So my, my fear is that you're going to get tired. <laughs> I said to Jeff, I'm just worried people are going to fall asleep. He said, no, they fall asleep every week. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, thank you, dear. Okay. But um, I hope that this will speak to you. And uh, I pray that God's word will spark within each one of us a new understanding and appreciation for what he has done by sending his son. It has been such a long time since the promise was given. The serpent's head would be crushed, but right now, during this time, they only experience the enmity. This ache that they've learned to live with has come with the understanding that though they are chosen, they are between the now and the not yet. They're between the exile and the rebuild, between the fruit and the fulfillment. The waiting is almost agonizing, yet it has also become routine. The temple sacrifices, the reading of scripture, the voice of the prophets, all of these are part of how the community holds on to hope and hears from Yahweh. However, lately he has been quiet. Lately, he has not said much. Indeed, lately, some 400 years now, his silence is deafening. The prophets are not writing, and though they look and long for Messiah to come, the time is unknown. And so the people continue in their striving. They are a people needing redemption, living in their own land, yet ruled by a foreign leader and paying tax to a faraway empire doesn't feel like independence. It doesn't seem to add up with what they were told. This doesn't look like blessing. It doesn't really resemble milk and honey. In fact, it looks more like drudgery. It has the appearance of heaviness, of bondage, of strife, of servitude. For where is the freedom? What about the promise? Is it even possible to live in a land of blessing ruled by a pagan emperor? Still, they continue on in the working, in the striving, in the daily grind that puts bread on the table and clothes on the body. They build their businesses and they go about their tasks with diligence. The farmers plant and harvest, while the teachers instill knowledge and both wait for a crop that is yet to come. The bakers prepare their daily dough and the bankers count their money. Some pay too much and some too little. Some cheat the foreign government. Some pay tax to the last shekel. Some worship only Yahweh and others mix in some Roman idolatry. The man who is faithful to his wife lives next door to the well-known womanizer. One is able to have more children than she can handle while another battles her barrenness in silence. It's a simple life and a regular life filled with the births, deaths, celebrations, triumphs, gains and losses that make up the minutes and hours of human existence while they wait for a promise fulfilled. Like most evenings in Judea, this particular one was a bit cool with a slight breeze. The air blowing across the sandy landscape would reach to a wind now and again but spending their lives in these hills, they were familiar with its moods. 
blow the tempest would, but sure would be their stance in the midst. The regularity of their routine and the way they lived among these animals had become second nature. For those who tend sheep know their particular needs, their unique habits, the idiosyncrasies that make them different from other beasts. These pastures, the same ones King David wrote from, in fact, are filled with beasts intended for the daily sacrifice in the temple of Yahweh. The men caring for these sheep crowded together now and again, combining their responsibility with their social network. Among them were the younger boys, those coming of age to begin taking part in this ancient work. They were still playful in their habits with soft cheeks, though hopeful that something would soon make its way to their upper lip. Carefully, they watched the older among them, their gestures and their calculated movements based on decades of living, watching, following, and caring for sheep. Like most shepherds, these were ordinary people with families and responsibilities. Most of their everyday lives were spent living among animals. As such, they were not highly regarded in society. How could anyone who spends day and night living with animals be taken seriously? Their words were nearly worthless, and in fact, shepherds such as these could not even serve in the court as a witness. Everyone knows what a shepherd's word is worth, and if you have a case you want to win, look for people who can help you. This time of year was busy, though. The men couldn't be bothered with legal issues anyway. Many of the youths were about to give birth, and others had done so already. The flock was growing, and this was good for business. The temple was always in need of more sheep to fulfill its never-ending requirement of animal sacrifice. It was the duty of these men and boys to ensure that the temple's sacrificial needs were fulfilled on a daily basis. Therefore, the task at hand was most important. Yes, their work was monotonous, but yet at the same time, they took comfort in the steady routines and relative quietness of life among these animals. It was impossible to have known that this night would be different than other nights. Things started out as they usually did with the setting of the sun and the rising of the moon to its usual place. The stars above them twinkled softly in their celestial space. Though mostly silent, the occasional bleating of sheep or low talking of the men echoed around. They settled into the warmth and familiarity of each other's company and prepared for a night of watching carefully to ensure that the sheep were kept from all harm. Predators were never far off, and the numerous baby lambs meant that an extra close eye would be needed to ensure the entire flock was safe and not a single one left attended. The shepherds milled about, checking, watching, waiting. A people who have waited for redemption for centuries have grown use used to the posture of promise. The expectation is weighty and it is a familiar cloak to drape oneself with. The heaviness can almost become burdensome and sometimes the promise can seem more like probability. But a sudden moment can change things. An instant can forever alter the course of history. A burst of glorious light and anticipation is finally fulfilled before these common men, before these lowly animals intended for, for temple sacrifice, 
the commander of the armies of heaven has appeared. In his full glory and total perfection, the Lord's own angel bursts forth in glorious light. He stands before them larger than any human with bright, terrifyingly beautiful eyes. The fullness and spirit of one whose home is heaven and whose service is unto God himself. The men, these common men, these animal-tending shepherd men are in awe and have lost the assurance of their station they had just moments before. For this ark of all angels is not alone. He is surrounded by light, by incredible light, that very special and significant all-encompassing light first seen in the burning bush. Later, manifested in a pillar of fire by day and a cloud by night, inside the tabernacle and then inside the temple itself. This light, this shakan, had never appeared before men such as these. Their common station in life would not allow them to experience such a presence so close and so personal. No, this was glory. This manifested presence of God was reserved for those who would lead a nation out of slavery, for chosen people on a journey to the promised land, for the very sacred dwelling place of God himself. But here it is, shining brighter than any earthly light, shining upon common men on a sandy landscape in the hill country of Judea. The Shekinah, called by some the Shekinah glory, had never appeared to common men in such a common place, performing such a common task. Gone was the calm and quiet evening they had been anticipating. No longer would they tuck in for a peaceful shift with and among their flocks. The appearance of the Lord's angel and his glory filled the shepherds with a fear unlike any they had ever known. Was this it? Had the end come? What did it mean? What was the reason for this appearance? Why tonight? Why here? Why us? They quaked and with fear and trembled with a sense of foreboding that nothing would ever be the same. They could not possibly return to their lives as they were in the moments before this took place. With a voice that is spoken through the angels, the archangel commanded. His voice was like thunder and his words were more powerful still. Do not be afraid. I have brought you good news of great joy, which is for everyone, for all people, everywhere. For today, in David's home village, your Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. Reassured by his words, yet confused all the more, the men looked to one another. Good news? Great joy, all people? Yes, they had been waiting for a deliverer. For some time, they'd been needing someone powerful to rescue them from their political misery. They'd been anticipating someone who would finally deliver the Jews from foreign rule, from the desolation of a pagan empire upon the promised land. Yes, Bethlehem had long been agreed as the confirmed location for his birth, though it's small with quaking hands and faces aglow from the glory of the Lord, these simple men maintained their posture of anticipation. The angel continued, and he told them just how to find what they were looking for, a sign. He would give them a sign. The sign would be a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. One who could no longer contain himself and let out a gasp. A baby lying in a feeding trough? 
Surely there must be only one of those in David's city tonight. And the words used to describe him. This is not one who was born and will become a savior. This is one born a savior. Glancing at one another and unsure of what to do next, sound louder than many waters came forth. An army of heaven's heaven's angels was before them in full glory and sang their most jubilant praises to God. It cannot be described with mere words, but think of the sound of the lake with its highest waves. Consider the scent of our frangipani trees in fullest bloom. Pause for a moment and reflect on the windiest day in June as the cold season waves goodbye. Look for the brightest orange on branches of flame trees in November. Feel the heat of hottest October and the touch of cool rain in anticipated December. Every sense was awakened. Every part of the shepherd's souls pricked with the sensation of everything they saw and heard before them. God's glory was proclaimed. A message of peace brought by an army of angels. The shepherds knew peace, for at this time there was no war. There was no conflict, there was no strife within Israel. The message of peace portrayed something far greater than earthly peace among warring rivals. Rather, its meaning pierces to the core of every human heart, this peace between God and humanity, between Jew and Gentile, peace between slave and owner, peace between captor and captive. Without warning, the scene before these men disappeared, and they were left just as they had been, shepherds in fields among sheep under a night sky. They stumbled back into the darkness in which they had been found and looked for one another until they were assembled again. Without hesitation and with with determined decision, they agreed. They must go to Bethlehem to look for the sign of which they'd been told. There was no questioning it from this moment, no doubting in their minds. They must go, they must search, they must find. It would not be possible to take the sheep with them. It would not be practical to try to herd hundreds of woolen, four-legged creatures into the curving crevices of Bethlehem's inner city. So with eyes still stinging from glorious light and faces still warm from the presence of a heavenly host, they rushed. These are the legs of men who spend hours walking, running, and climbing through hills and valleys. These are shoulders that bear the weight of sheep fallen lane, arms that hoist woolen bodies out of unexpected craters, eyes that pierce through deepest night, ears that prick at the slightest sound of danger. With speed, with haste, with skill, with accuracy, they raced through the night until they found the sign. Every monotony in their lives had led to this moment. Every tedious task and every mundane minute had brought them to this very point in time of history. They found him. They found this sign, just as they had been told, wrapped in cloths and lying in an animal's feeding trough. The Lamb of God lay low among the animals without ceremony or circumstance. One born a savior was found among the very creatures where these men find their expertise. 
the first notice of the birth of the Savior of the world was given not to princes and prophets, not to governors and kings, but to weak and illiterate men. They whose entire task was to care for sacrificial sheep that would be led to the slaughter were first to be told that the Lamb of God, the ultimate sacrifice, had been born. God was pleased to choose and call and reveal his secrets to people such as these. The privilege once belonging to patriarchs and priests was now granted to shepherds. The first proclamation of good news was to those who were poor in their outward life, not held in esteem by their peers, weak and lowly in their daily doings. Yet they could not withhold the message they'd received and shared it with all they would encounter. These shepherds, plain-hearted men, could never be thought to invent such a story and then spread it and then impose it on others. For us here today, gathered in this church, in this city, in this country, let us too be filled with wonder at the mystery of God. He chooses the foolish things to confound the wise. He uses the weak to shame the strong. He answers the common prayers of common people doing common things. He sends the strongest army to proclaim peace. And he uses weak people growing together. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word today. Thank you for the powerful ways you reveal yourself. And I pray that during this Christmas season, for every person in this room today, you would reveal yourself in a new and fresh way. For every need that they have represented here this morning, God, I ask in your name that you would meet them at that point of need. You are faithful, Lord. And some of us are still waiting for the outcomes of the promises you have given. And Lord, we hold fast to the words that you've given. We trust you. Lord, even when it seems darkest night, we look to you for hope fulfilled. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Flood Church Sermon Podcast. Please send us your feedback by commenting below or by emailing floodlilongwe at gmail.com.